Milan, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away. Whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoyling. DeCam says, give me that. A pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way. Bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around. Corner, pocket, cash for Lund. Guess who's back, 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 back again. Games are right around the corner. Practices are officially underway. It is that time of year across the UMAC. And we are so pleased to welcome in the head basketball coach for the women's program at Bethany Lutheran College, Lyle Jones, to the pod once more. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. It's always great to talk basketball early in the year. Absolutely. Why didn't I uh, can never wait for this time of year, and I'm sure you're in the same boat. So before we get to the hoops conversation, Coach, why didn't I like to hear from the coaches across the conference how you pass the time in the offseason? I know you probably <laughs> never fully step away from the game. I mean, recruiting is always a huge part of it, obviously, year-round. But what does Coach Jones like to do in the offseason? I tell you, on our end, and I might not be typical, but you are absolutely correct. I mean, it's it's ongoing recruiting 24-7, I think. Um, there's not a lot of weekends you're at home. Uh, you're usually at a lot of tournaments, and, and we go to quite a few tournaments here. Uh, I try to, <laughs> I guess on a personal level, I try to uh, get on some date nights with my wife to keep the, to keep the marriage going. Uh, the wives, I think, uh, and if their husbands, if their wife is coaching, uh, God bless them because uh, the coaches are gone a lot, and without them, uh, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. So uh, I guess I try to spend as much time as I possibly can if I'm not recruiting uh, with my wife, either going on some walks, some hikes, uh, out to dinner, movie, or whatever. So I, I think that's very important as a, for a coach. Coach, you mentioned something to us last year, and I want to bring it back up. We're in the offseason. Well, we were in the offseason, now just the start of practice. You mentioned during game weeks and preparing, you know, you don't sleep a whole lot. You're on the grind over there. So I got to know, are you getting more sleep at this time of the year now? Well, right now with with, uh, our makeup of our team and kind of how we're switching identities from our last three or four years, uh, I get probably getting less sleep. Uh, with a very young with a very young team that's trying to find out, and they look around and go, "Hey, who's going to score here now?" Uh, Hannah's gone, and uh, so yeah, the last couple practices have been really tough, and uh, you know we're going to find our identity, but it's going to take a while, I think. So uh, just quickly, because you mentioned Hannah, and I mean you're losing an elite player in her. I mean she's been just such a staple in your rotation. Is it also kind of not like a blessing in disguise per se, but to know that you are going to be maybe a little bit more balanced this year, and that teams aren't just going to be focused on trying to stop her, and they might you guys might be a little bit more tougher to game plan against this year. Would you kind of agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean it's a blessing that we had her and. would love to have her back for a COVID <laughs> year, but yeah, it's 
you know, and you look at other teams back in the day, uh, Superior, I remember uh, when I first got into the league, I'd prepare for them and I'm going, well, they all score 10 points. Uh, who are we going to focus on? You know, so it, in that aspect, I think it's going to be really good for us. Um, it just, I think personally for, for team members that have experienced having a, an elite player like that and then they don't have it now, that's tougher on them, I think, than it is the coaches because they really got to find an identity and, and really look around and say, who's going to step up here? I promise we will get back to talking about this year's club coach, but with each and every coach that we've had on so far in this offseason as we build to this next year, we're taking them back to what UMAC fans last saw last season when we go back to the UMAC tournament last year in February and I know you already know some of these things but to remind our audience you guys were the number one seed you were co-conference champs alongside Northwestern and you played host to Minnesota Morris on that Friday night late in February last season and I'm sorry to go back to that night because I'm sure so many things come up in your head but wide and I are fascinated you know every coach handles it differently when you are on the grind for so long. Like Wyatt mentioned, throughout the season, you're game planning for multiple games a week. You're not getting much sleep. You're thinking of what could be to come for your club, but I know you take it one game at a time. All that is to say, how do you approach that conversation in the locker room after that game when it all ends in that spot? And You mentioned Hannah, and she was one of the, obviously, not just all-time greats, in the conference, she's one of the best we've seen in Division Three. You could argue she's the best you know you've ever seen at, at Bethany for the women's program. Take us into that locker room. How do you approach that situation? I'm sure it's not easy after the fact when you know you're looking around and saying, "Now what's next?" Well, I think it's kind of how we prepare uh, also all year. Even in the years we had Hannah, we would basically prepare in that we were we had some great records, but we had always uh, you know, make the team understand that you're going to get beat on any given night. And we're not always as good as we think we are. You have to be at, everyone has to be in an elite status to win a national championship. So I think on that end, we had them prepared for that. Uh, where some coaches, I think just, I don't know if sometimes they don't prepare their teams for that. We prepare all year for that. Um, so after that game, you kind of want to go through the process there yeah, that was hard. It's even hard if you're if you if you have a 500 record, let's say, and you lose. I think it's hard on the kids, no matter what. Um, and you just try to do the best you can as a coach uh, to console them, um, especially you know you have someone that's leaving as seniors, and we had some seniors leave, and how much work and how how much sacrifice they put in. It's even harder on them, and because it's basically their team as seniors, and. Um, it took, I will tell you, it took Hannah about a week and a half. She kept coming back into our offices here, and uh, she just couldn't believe it. And finally, it kind of settled in with her. Um, and then she kind of realized the, the impact that she's had, not only on our team, uh, the conference. Um, and I think as far as the conference goes, and you guys were right, um, I, I haven't been in this conference this too long, but I was talking with Tim, and I thought, you know, she, she's probably the GOAT that's ever been in the UMAC. I mean, she's had professional contracts. Uh, you know, you guys kind of know the, the, her record as National Player of the Year, up for the Jostens Award. I mean, two-time All-American. It just goes on and on. 
so I think she understood that kind of what she did, not only for us, but also for the UMAC. And now she's at Southwest State and uh, an assistant or grad assistant there, and she's loving it there. And so uh, basketball, I think for every team, the kids learn a lot through losing. And even if it's in that championship or semifinal game, they, uh, I think the biggest thing they, they learn is um, just how lucky and privileged they are to even play the game of basketball. And that's kind of something we learned through COVID is when you could come in and you're in groups, but you couldn't touch each other or you each had to have your own ball. I think that gave them the idea that, you know, we're pretty dang lucky here to even play basketball. So I don't know if I answered your question, but I think every coach goes through it, whether you're got a nice record, whether you win in the championship, the semifinal, whatever, it's hard on those kids. Coach, you mentioned recruiting, you mentioned COVID. Those two things kind of went together for a certain amount of time. Does it seem like it's kind of getting back to a more normal sense now for you on the recruiting trail? And does it feel like, you're kind of past that now. Is that a good feeling for you? Yeah, I'm. I really feel that it's it's back to normal, and, and we're still going to see some of the side effects of. I know as COVID went through, um, you know, some of those seniors got left out because everybody was going to the portal, and then you've got the kids coming back from the COVID year, and so then some of those high school kids got left out, and then now. Um, as that portal thing keeps going through, uh, that's going to affect, I think, even junior colleges now, where I think more people are going to the portal, and then also now they're with the seniors and juniors, whatever, in high school. And now I'm thinking the, the junior colleges might feel the effect of, the, of it kind of swinging back on the pendulum. Coach, you brought it up. It was going to be the next topic that I wanted to bring to your attention. Speaking oh, of wow. the, All right. the, the portal, and we, we've got some interesting viewpoints from coaches across the conference already talking this offseason about their views on it. And, you know, there's so many different takes on it, but ultimately, I think you would agree it, it's here to stay. It's a reality. You can choose to use it less than others, more than others. You can lean into it more than others, less than others. But how do you approach that? as a head coach with your staff and evaluating, you know what, what could this do for our program? You obviously have to keep tabs on it to a certain extent, but you're one of the more experienced coaches in this league. And we're you know, going to talk more about the UMAC as a whole here in a few moments, but you have seen college basketball evolve. You've seen it develop over the last multiple years. <coughs> now there's this new wrench thrown into the whole thing. What is your take on the transfer portal? Uh, I love it. <laughs> I think you better embrace it. Uh, is it going to affect Division Three as much as it does D, uh, D1 and 2? I'm not sure. But if you've got an opportunity that you might pick up one or two kids that, you know, maybe were at an NAIA or maybe a Division Two, that's really going to change your program. Uh, even if they've been there a year, they're practicing against higher level kids, their skill level is going to get better. Um, like you said, it's here to stay. Um, we're embracing it here. Um, we got two young ladies out of the portal this year. One's a Division II transfer. One is an NAIA transfer. And they're going to have some uh, major impact on our team. So um, I would hope that, you know, you just got to embrace things. Things are going to change in the, in, the, in the realm of basketball. Uh, it used to be back in the day that in women's basketball, they literally walked the ball up the floor. 
And we pushed the ball when we were a two-year school, uh, a private two-year school playing in the community college system. And we really kind of took over the, the whole uh, Midwest on that end because we pushed the ball. Well, now you take it another step further here, you know, the new, uh, whatever you want to call it, dribble drive offense, or there's a lot of different names for it. That's another one that it's coming to women's basketball. And if you don't embrace it or at least move towards that, you're going to get left behind. And uh, it, it happens in basketball. It changes. I've seen it change almost every 10 years. It's a different style of basketball. I'm not going to make you give away anything here, Coach, if you don't want to. And it may be too early to tell, but what do you think a big strength with this group is going to be? And, again, it may be too early. You're still trying to figure that out. But just based on what you've seen, what's kind of the makeup of this year's squad? Well, for our team, and I think every team out there, is the same thing. I mean, because of the COVID, you ended up or we ended up with just a lot of young players that have no experience. And that kind of goes to this year also. And when we look at our team, and even though they may be seniors or juniors, that year kind of messed everybody up. Um, and, and if you look at uh, our conference, our, the, the, the UMAC conference, you look at the first team uh, and the second team, all conference, they're all graduated, I think, except maybe one. But so you're taking the top nine players out of our conference to graduation. I don't know if I've seen that before, um, but that's going to be, uh, I think everyone is going to be young. We're young. Um, we're just in practice. There's so many mistakes that didn't happen the last three years. It's just, it's, you know, my, my voice is getting hoarse in practice, but uh, yeah, I'd say for us, we're young. We're going to be a little smaller. Um, we're looking at a different style of basketball. Obviously, we're looking at a different style because we just pounded it in the post. And, you know, you get someone that's scoring 64 percent, you're going to give them the ball. And if no one's going to stop her or have a hard time stopping her, you're going to just keep giving her the ball. So we're going to change offensively. Absolutely. As anybody would. Um, and we'll throw some different curve balls in there for everybody. Coach, you mentioned, you know, adding through the portal and, you know, looking at NAI players and looking at Division Two, and they'll be added into the mix. But, I mean, you know this, but to remind our listeners, you still have returners coming back who had some big performances last year. I mean, I think of uh, Alexis Cloyd and how good she was last year. You think of uh, a Haley Meyer. They're both just freshmen, and I could, you know, name more players as well. You touch a lot on there what you've seen so far through a few weeks of practice so far for your squad, but what are you expecting especially from those players who are back and do have valuable playing time experience in big games, in big moments? Yeah, you're expecting a lot out of you know players at the Division II level or the NAI level to come in through the portal. Otherwise, you wouldn't bring them in, but especially for those players who've worn that uniform and can go back and say, I've been in big moments before. What are you expecting from them this season? You know, I think every coach is the same. When you've got some returners, whether they've, like you said, been in big moments or maybe they're a role player or they had their specific lane that they were in and they did a great job at it, you obviously want them to do better and, and uh, see the floor better and everything. But I think for us, every year, I, I would answer this question the same every year, uh, for us to win, I would say for those players need to have even better leadership. 
Uh, for us, I think the culture is everything on our team. It's everything. Uh, you can have some great players, a horrible culture, and you're not going to win. Um, you might, but I'd rather have the team that has a great culture. They're all about the program. They're all about being a great teammate. And if you come in in the middle of the pack or higher, I would rather have that year than maybe you got some kids that just don't like each other and, and they win. But for us, I, I would still say those people that have had were in big moments for us, they need to step up even more and be great leaders. I mean, we lost a great leader that comes around once in a lifetime, or maybe you could have two or three of them. But they, we want to do things by committee this year, uh, obviously. And it's just about our culture. And when everyone gets along and everyone shares the ball and everyone helps it, each other get better, you're going to be a pretty dang hard team to beat. I've asked a couple other coaches uh, this question, and so I'm curious uh, what your thoughts are on it. I know a lot of coaches like to just stay in the now. You know, they're not looking ahead, so maybe you don't have an answer for me. But is there a stretch on your schedule this year? And I know traditionally in the past you've scheduled pretty difficult. Maybe it's in non-conference where you're looking at the schedule and you're saying, okay, this is where we're going to find out what we're made of. Yeah, it's our non-conference. And I think, uh, if I remember correctly last year, I think we had the seventh toughest schedule in the country. And I think Morris, I think Tim might have had the first or second toughest schedule in the country. And those non-conference games, those are the ones that are going to kind of show you, you know, who's up for this. Like you said, who's going to step up in the big moments or if you're down, I mean, is someone going to give up on you or not try as hard? You could get to see that, those character uh, elements of each player as you go through those non-conference games. And, you know, I'll give it to Tim. Uh, I think that his schedule really helped him in that semifinal game with us. I mean, uh, playing the second or first toughest, you know, schedule in the country, that's definitely going to get your kids better. So, I like doing that. I'm, I'm sure there's other teams in our conference that like doing that. Um, I'm not a big one to retire someday and go, oh, wow, I had three, four, or 500 wins. Uh, I'd like to just see a, you know, our kids get better, whether they're first team or they're the second group that goes in or whatever. That's what D3 basketball is about is, you know, the building the character and, and, and getting those kids ready for life. And I, wow playing a tough schedule what better way to do that couldn't agree more coach that's a that's great perspective and you do mention a couple other names across the conference and we want to get your take on the shift that Wyatt and I are kind of sensing in a way on the woman's side of things that is for UMAC basketball you mentioned coach Grove at Morris obviously he's back they fell in the final last year to a North Central totally different look there this year coach Bruner out Coach Zabla moving on from Crown to take over at North Central. And then you also have a new coach at the helm for Superior, and you got a new coach at the helm for Northland. So all that is to say, you mentioned it too. You look at the players who are at the top in that first team, second team, all conference, a lot of them are gone. Does it feel like a pretty sizable shift to you, not just for your program, obviously you feel it at Bethany, but across the league going into this season for UMAC women's basketball? You mean like a shift in what way? Just, you could call it a different 
era if you want to. I mean, you oh. don't have to exactly, but there's a there's a lot of new faces, and what people are used to is not going to be the same for not just the players, but you know, coaches and on and on from what we've seen from these programs. Yeah, I, I think uh, in conferences there's always some ebb and flow in in the coaching. Uh, usually, you'll see some coaches hang around for quite a while, and, and then there's that ebb and flow where you get that influx of new coaches and and you get which is kind of neat i think on on uh, the women's basketball side here is you're going to get different styles of play maybe different defenses um different types of recruiting that's going to happen um so yeah we're looking forward to it you know and and i i look at it and you go well how does that going to stack up as far as you know wins or losses or how tough are they going to be that's that's to be seen you know, and what I do is I look at Tim Grove. He's got two coaches. I look at Aaron. He's got five coaches, three managers, so they're probably going to win it. Uh, Tim's got the most experience back, so he's got a good shot. You got a Division One transfer coach, so I don't know how we're going to beat her. Uh, so it just goes down the road. You know, I just look at the coaches. They're 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 high level, and they've got too many of them. Like Aaron's got like five coaches and eight managers. I don't know how we're going to beat them. <laughs> oh goodness hey it's good th- i guess it's a good thing to playing, right <laughs> right good deal say a similar question but from a different perspective for me with what ryan just said i'll take it from this perspective do you think the umac is as open on the women's side as it's ever been from the standpoint of the race for first in the conference because for a while it was superior and you know it was their league if you want to call it that they were winning year in year out now it's kind of started to shift the past couple years and now with all the unknowns this year you could easily make a case that it's as open as it's ever been, and there's going to be a lot of teams competing for first. And do you think that's good for UMAC basketball? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of all depends. I mean, if you've got uh, – I think overall it's great that you have everyone competing. That's what you want. Uh, what level is that going to be? If they were all elite teams competing, and then as they get into the national tournament, they have a great opportunity uh, there to do something too. Um, like this year, I think, I think it's kind of open. I mean, like I said, you've got a lot of the top nine or 10 kids just graduated. That's going to open everything up. You've got a lot of different coaching styles that have changed here. So, I mean, I think Tim and Aaron and some of the ones that have been around, they kind of know what we run. I kind of know what they run. Um, they could change, but now you've got some of these new coaches in. Now you're going to have to prepare differently for a lot of different co- – and then you've got some newcomers – well, not newcomers, but some uh, – like Dan over at MLC. Uh, he's been building the last couple of years. I thought they played really well last year. Uh, as far as their record goes, I, you know, it, maybe it wasn't as good as they wanted, but, man, did they compete. I would look at them as they might be even in the top three this year. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Central could be in there, a Northwestern, definitely Northwestern with Aaron, Tim Grove. I mean, he's got, I think he's got the most experience back, plus he's got about eight six-footers. So I don't know. It's going to be tough, tough wins in the UMAC this year, I think. As if Wyatt and I were not already excited enough about UMAC play. And, you know, we're going to appreciate the non-conference as well as what's coming. But, Coach, you are priming the pump for everyone listening for why it is must-see action across the UMAC this year. So we do appreciate that. I will I will wrap with this. And please, Coach, do not hear this as, 
you know what, we're not going to talk to you again until next year. Why didn't I hope to get you back on once we get more into the thick of the season and we can maybe break down some more X's and O's as far as this year's team goes. But I want to finish on this. You mentioned the word retire a little bit earlier. Why didn't I can clearly hear, everyone listening to this can hear your passion for Bethany, your passion for the UMAC, your passion for the D3 model. So we sure hope that you are at this for you know much, much longer and you're nowhere near hanging it up. But we always like to hear from coaches what makes this specific part of the season special. You mentioned you can't wait for this part of the season to turn back around where you have games coming up. But when you have this first week of practices and the first game is coming up around the corner and you know there's a lot of work to do, yes. But is there one thing that sticks out to you about what makes this time of year special as a head coach? I think it's just a couple things. For me, I love teaching and I, and I – I don't know if I don't like the word coach, but we're really teachers, uh, not only of basketball, but also life skills and, and uh, helping kids adapt to a lot of different things that are happening in society nowadays. But uh, just being able to get out there, see these people that you've recruited hard, but the NCAA doesn't let you talk to them at all. Uh, but getting out on the floor and just start teaching and really getting to know these student athletes and their life stories and where they want to go and, and then trying to help them get there. I think that's the biggest thing for me. I mean, every coach says, oh, yeah, I'd like to win the conference and maybe get into the national tournament, maybe win a national championship. But for, for most all of us, it's I think most all coaches get into this for the kids and to see what we can do to help them. I mean, we've got some international kids on our team and they bring joy to my life and uh, my assistant coach's life. And our girls get to learn about cultures. I mean, that's what D3 is about. It's not about the money and I'm getting a scholarship and now I'm gonna get some some money for my name recognition and stuff like that. Uh, it's about the academics um, and it's just about getting known the kids. I just, I just love, they're, they're kind of like a family. I always tell them when I recruit them, I'm going to treat you like my daughters. You know, I have three daughters, and uh, my wife likes it too. We have them out, uh, you know, for a picnic uh, during the year for team bonding, and and just getting to know these young ladies is is just is just awesome. That's great stuff, Coach White, and I would uh, both agree that is what it's all about. Only a select few can get to that top level of the mountain, if you will, but uh, there, there's so much more to the game. So do appreciate your insights on that. And like I said, we hope to uh, connect later on down the road. Why and I can't wait for games to get underway. And uh, we really appreciate your time with us and best of luck to you and your club this season. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate uh, you guys doing this for the UMAC. I think it helps with exposure on all ends of the men and the women's sports. And uh, it's something that uh, we need in the D3 level.